Welcome back to another episode of Content Secrets. Today, we're going to be talking about how the world of social media and technology that helps us make social media content is changing. In the last two years, it feels like it's changed more than ever and faster than ever. So I want to talk about it. But specifically, we're going to be talking about super recent changes in the past two months. Um, I've been covering some of these over on Instagram, on social media, but I want to go deeper into some of them and combine them into one full episode where people can come back to. So we're going to be going over four topics today. The first one is AI. Second one is subscription-based platforms. The third one is what is high-quality video. And the fourth is creators as brands. Let's jump right in. Uh, Number one, AI. So YouTube announced uh, a couple generative AI tools and a new app for us as creators on its Made on YouTube event. So that's pretty exciting. Some of the most notable features that are going to be rolling out um, late in 2023, but mostly in early 2024, is the Dream Screen, which is a feature that will use text prompts to create AI-generated videos and photos. And this, you can think of this as having custom-made B-roll that you don't have to film. So if you're doing like a talking head video and you want to show a visual of a family or a home instead of going to one of those royalty-free stock footage sites um, you can just ask ai to generate videos and photos of those things so i think that's something that i've seen coming for a long time and it's pretty i'm okay with that i'm okay with replacing that side of things oh and also if my voice sounds weird i've been sick which is why i haven't been able to record an episode for a while but we're back don't worry Um, the next one is automatic dubbing which will help you create videos in different languages this again is just i think all good this is a uh, no downsides this is just all good if you have an audience that's all english because your videos are only in english that limits you to whatever percentage of the population is only speaking english so if you have a videos that could reach a broader audience you know their entertainment they're funny and youtube can now transcribe or will be able to transcribe them into different languages for you without doing any extra work so that's pretty cool next up is ai powered insights and this is pretty general um youtube studio which is the app on your phone that you can use to track your analytics it'll now be able to generate topic ideas and outlines for potential videos again this just sounds like ChatGPT. it doesn't sound like anything brand new um, i'm not too excited next up music recommendations which will suggest audio based on a text description of a creator's video the more i think about this i actually don't know what's going on because how is an ai tool gonna recommend music based on what the video is about I guess like, yeah, you could just describe like upbeat or happy, inspirational, but then you can just find that on any stock like music site. So that seems useless, but we'll have to see. Next up, which is the most exciting is going to be YouTube Create, which is a brand new mobile app, similar, most similar to TikTok's CapCut. And this allows shorts creators to edit videos directly from their phones, which is cool i feel like again most shorts creators aren't creating videos on their phone anyways am i crazy for saying that you know you probably have a editing software that you already use and you're not going to switch over i don't know um anyways it's currently available on android and i think the beta version is out on ios i saw some people using it but uh you'll have to check on that 
I think CapCut's going to be able to take the cake for the best mobile editor for quite a while still. But YouTube, I mean, they have all of Google behind them. They have a lot of money to throw at it. So I wouldn't count them out. That's all I'm going to say. The main trend that I see here is all the tools that they're releasing is aiming to lower how difficult it is to produce and share videos. They want to make it as easy as possible to get something up on the platform and have more content circulating on their shorts feed. Yeah, this is primarily short stuff. Um, so it seems that's where they're going with it. Again, shorts is not even close to the cultural relevance of YouTube I, or uh, of TikTok. I feel like I've mentioned that a couple times, but things can change. Um, I would say at least another year or two if we see any change at all. I would still think TikTok is going to be overly dominant for another couple of years. All right, more AI. Um, new ChatGPT upgrades. OpenAI teased some upgrades to GPT-4, um, which is exciting. They haven't said anything about releasing a new generation of ChatGPT. This is impressive, in my opinion. I really like the direction that this AI is taking. Um, the first video that they shared is the chatbot analyzing pictures to help a person lower their bike seat level. And you basically show it, of, um, I think it was a photo or a video of what the bike looks like and how the seat, you know, is set up. And then it could identify all the tools that you need and the specific steps that are required specifically for that bike to get the seat lowered which I found very impressive because it's one thing to like give you general steps on, on most bikes, you do this and then this and then this. And it's like, okay, well, my bike's different. It doesn't have this one lever, but this video showed that it's very specific to what your, what your situation is, which is nice. The second video showcased using your voice to interact and have a conversation with ChatGPT. And again, these are all things that I think we've seen coming for a long time. We have AI tools that use your voice and that use pictures. So it's just a matter of time before it was combined into this version of ChatGPT. There's a bedtime story video where you ask the AI to tell you a story about this hedgehog and it makes up, you know, a kid's story. It's not that, it's nothing crazy. It's not a Tolkien masterpiece or anything, but give it a couple of years. We, you never know. AI could be the next Tolkien, we'll see. You can tell that the voice is uh, pretty robotic sounding still, but again, I think give it a couple generations and it'll be as good where you can't even tell. So now your iPad kids, I made this joke in a video, but I thought it was funny. I said, now your iPad kids won't even have to make real life friends. They can just talk to this thing all day. You know, what's uh, who needs social interaction anyways? All right, on to topic number two, subscription models. Everyone has a subscription model now. You're probably paying for 10 different subscriptions and you probably forgot about five of them. Netflix, you know, there's their streaming services which started it, they pioneered it. Netflix, Disney, Hulu, Crave, whatever, HBO. And then you start to see, and Spotify, that was another early one, I think. Um, and then you start to see, you know, these random services that are like, oh yeah, we offer a subscription now. You're like, what? How, what have we come to? Oh, another new one, uh, eight sleep, you know, like the, the beds that track all of your analytics and stuff. Those things have a subscription now. Like what you have to subscribe to sleep. It's crazy. Um, no, anyways, uh, we got off on a tangent there, but Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it might be going behind a paywall. So I don't know if this would be a one-time fee or a recurring fee, but on a live stream conversation, Elon said that the only way to combat these vast armies of bots is to make every single user pay a small fee for usage. 
So we don't know if that's a monthly fee. Well, I guess Twitter Blue already does that. <clears throat> I think that's monthly. Yeah, yeah, that is. So I guess if I have to pay at all for just normal Twitter or X, it's over. I'm not going to use it. I can't be bothered. To be honest, I think this was probably one of those off-the-cuff ideas and he probably wasn't serious about it because I think it would lose more than half of the user base. It's hard to say, but I wouldn't pay for it. But I didn't think he'd rebrand to X either, so we'll have to see what happens. That was announced maybe like two or three weeks ago, but this announcement is a little bit newer and it's a new wave of ad-free feeds to social media. Meta and TikTok both confirmed upcoming subscription products. So Meta's plan is to start in Europe and charge users up to $17 a month for ad-free browsing on Instagram and Facebook. If you're thinking what I'm thinking, there's an immediate problem. I don't use Facebook at all. Why would I pay $17 a month just to have ad-free browsing on Instagram? For the average person, it seems expensive. In March, Meta laid down a plan to let users opt out of highly personalized ads to limit the effect of uh, the EU privacy order that constricted the company's revenue. Meta's subscription, I think they would be aiming to replace some of this lost revenue with those subscriptions because it would be more profitable. Um, they're probably losing quite a bit of money compared to what they used to do on ads because there's less targeting, less specific um, options for advertisers. I honestly think it's something important to note though because Meta's because Meta has always been free to use for nearly two decades. TikTok, on the other hand, they are testing a $5 subscription tier for an ad-free experience to people outside of the US. I'm in Canada, so who knows, I might have that option. Again, definitely won't be paying for it. I don't even use TikTok except just to post. We'll see what happens there. $5 seems much more reasonable. And again, I think like TikTok, I mean, if they charge $15 a month, can you imagine? People, the Zoomers don't have $15 a month. They don't even have credit cards. There's not too much more information other than this, but I think it's important to keep you guys updated. We will see what happens in the future if this becomes a big thing. But as of right now, I haven't even heard anyone talking about it, so it's probably not too far developed. On to our next segment. What is high quality video? The Creator is a new movie, if you haven't heard, with an $80 million budget, but it was shot mostly on a $4,000 Sony FX3. That's insane. So it got me thinking, if Gareth Edwards can shoot a Hollywood film on a pocket-sized Sony FX3, think about what you could use and what other people will use to start on social media or getting into the film industry. I know a lot of people are worried about their content quality when they start off posting on social media or start creating anything for that matter. And I think this is a cool way to show that at the highest level, I mean, anyone could buy a Sony FX3. I was thinking of buying one. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this. But the main, the main point I want to make was you don't have to have all the right equipment to start off posting on social media. iPhones nowadays have more than good enough cameras. I just got the iPhone 15 Pro, which I did a video on, which you could check out on Instagram, at Styles Productions. Um, I filmed a video vertical for social media in cinematic mode, and it looked good enough. Like, it was solid. The HDR destroys the image when you go to edit it, so I had to fix that, but it works. And when you get, like, a third-party app to, like, adjust all the settings, that is when it really gets good. When you use the iPhone in its base camera mode, it's fine, and Apple makes it good 
to the broad majority of users. That's their thing. It's simple to use. That's what the iPhone is. That's also one of my gripes with it. They need to have, in these pro models, they market it as pro. They need to have something that allows us to change all the settings. It's not pro if you can't adjust your white balance, your f-stop. I mean, it's ridiculous. Um, anyways, next next topic. I'm, I'm over it. Creators are brands. Dude Perfect has launched a streaming app, an app and a streaming service. It debuted at number two in sports apps only behind ESPN. That's exciting. I think it's a great move for Dude Perfect. It fits their MO. It fits their vibe. Um, again, creator brands make a ton of money, so it's smart. But that is not the biggest creator brand by far. I want to talk about two of the biggest ones right now, which is Prime Hydration and Mr. Beast and Feastables. Prime Hydration was started by KSI and Logan Paul, and it's by far one of the most successful creator products on the market right now. But why is it so valuable? Because it doesn't even really stand a chance against Gatorade, in my opinion. I don't think it's ever going to take meaningful market share. But what Gatorade will probably do is buy it out, because if it keeps eating up market share, it's going to hurt Gatorade's profits and how much money they can make. And if Prime takes up 10% or even less, 5% of the market, that's a huge compounding effect for Gatorade. They're losing a lot of money. So Gatorade could easily buy it for $10 billion. And then depending on how much percentage KSI and Logan Paul own of the company, they would most likely become billionaires, which is insane to think about. But Mr. Beast and Feastables is, I think, the most has the most potential right now. He has almost 200 million subscribers on his main channel now, and his growth rate is at the highest it's ever been. He's breaking records. What's the point of starting a chocolate brand? Because it's a lot of extra work on his part and a lot of extra people he has to hire. Manufacturing is difficult. You know, it's hard. Shipping, everything. Starting a brand is what you need to do. It allows you to be in full control of making your own money. You're not dependent on YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or these platforms. If they get shut down, then you're dead. You don't have any money. Chocolate brand. It's easily accessible. It can be sold almost anywhere. And he has the largest and broadest audience ever, which is entertainment. Therefore, he needs the largest and broadest product to market, which, you know, chocolate is one of the broadest things that everyone loves. So that's a smart, it's a brilliant move on his part. I want to talk about why creator brands make so much money. And this is the last part of the segment. The difference between an ad deal and your own product is massive. First of all, they truly believe in their own product, so their fan base will too. And they have unparalleled relationship with that audience, which is more powerful than any advertisement that you could pay for. So their marketing cost is basically zero, which if you don't know, in most companies, marketing is a one of the biggest costs. Next, they make up all of the arbitrage of a normal brand deal. So if you don't know what that means, if you promote this product, we will pay you $10,000. That's what a company might say to Logan Paul or KSI. But the company makes $100,000 from that promotion in sales, meaning that Logan Paul or KSI got only 10% of the total pie slice. When you sell your own product, you get to keep that arbitrage between the $10,000 and $100,000. So you make up all that money, which is a huge benefit. If I had to pick between a normal chocolate bar and a Mr. Beast chocolate bar, all other variables the same, price, taste, quantity, etc., I would choose the Mr. Beast chocolate bar because it's his. It's as simple as that. I've seen him making YouTube videos. I've watched them. I think he's a good person. So yeah, I would choose a Mr. Beast chocolate bar because of that personal connection. But even if those things aren't the same, if the price isn't the same, if the taste isn't the same, people still buy it and people will pay more for it. 
So if you take Prime, for example, people are willing to pay five to 10 times what Gatorade costs just because it's Prime and it's made by their favorite influencer. So there's huge potential to make way more profit margin on these products. And all of these factors combined is why creator brands are so powerful. I think this might be my longest episode. So if you guys like this episode, make sure you rate and review the show. Uh, it helps me out so much and I will see you guys very soon.